Hey, I can hear you. Oh, good, it works. Okay. <laughs> so let's start this over again. KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Thanks for listening to Our Digital Future with me, ZBZ, every Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. Today we have Jessica Gambling from the Los Angeles County Museum of Art calling in. She's the archivist there. I'm really excited to talk to you. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah, anytime. I just um, was really excited to meet you at the Society of American Archivists Conference, which was recently held in San Diego. It's the annual end-of-summer get-together from archivists all over the nation, all over the world, in fact. And there you were with uh, LACMA. In, that's a recent position, but you've been interning there. Tell us how you came to LACMA. Oh, I... Um when I got the job, I was actually working at the L.A. Public Library as an archivist. And um, they had had an archivist previously who was working in a different department, and it was a project that was, well, they were. it was more of a LACMA history project at that time. And then I just answered a job opening, a job posting, and I ended up getting the job. But I had applied for that job actually almost a year prior to that, so... A year later, they called me and said they wanted to offer me the job, and it was such an awesome opportunity to get the archive started at an important encyclopedic museum that I just couldn't say no, and I left my LAPL job early in order to do that. Um, I felt a little bit guilty, but I haven't looked back since. I'm really glad that I took that position. That's great. And then also, how did you even start in the archivist position in general? Tell us what in your history for your career in education brought you to this path that you're at now. Um, when I was in college, I was a history major, and you had to do a thesis at the end of your four years. And you have to also use uh, primary resources. You couldn't just use books from the library. You had to go use primary resources. So I ended up going to the Clark Library which is part of UCLA, to look at some um, pamphlets there. Um, they're actually rare books. And while I was there, I'm like, this is the most awesome place ever. Like, it seems so laid back and so amazingly awesome. And I'm like, this is what I want to do. Um, but I didn't really know that much about it. And so I, after college, it was the very end of college. So after college, I just, you know, left. I moved to LA. I worked odd jobs. I did that for like three or four years and then I decided that I wanted to go back to school and try to become a librarian um, and I had spent time like going online and seeing what it really meant to be a librarian and the more I looked into it the more I thought oh this is really something for me the service aspect is really important helping people find information um, keeping information open and accessible to everybody was something that really appealed to me um, and then when I went to graduate school, I really had rare books in mind, but I took all of the special collections classes, which included a course called American Archives and Manuscripts. And um, I just really, I just, I just loved it. The idea of archives as evidence, the importance not just of information that you can Google online, but also having the original document as evidence was something that was really interesting to me and I feel that is really important. Um, my first job, actually, I was moving to Pasadena. Um, I was going to go to UCLA, and I was going to live in Pasadena. And I'd applied for a job. I'd only applied for one job to do while I was in graduate school. I hadn't thought of anything else. But I applied for a library assistant position at the Huntington Library in San Marino. And the day I was moving to Pasadena, which was about three miles away, hoping I would get this job, I got a call saying that I had gotten it. 
and that job was to help process um, a photographic collection with, in the photography department there at the Huntington with the curator, Jenny Watt. Um, and that was an awesome, awesome experience. So I did that for two years, the whole time I was in graduate school. That gave me a really good head start on becoming an archivist. And then after graduate school, um, Jenny had applied for another grant from um, the, what was it, National Endowment for the Humanities. It was another two-year project, and I applied for that to be a full-fledged professional archivist, and I got that job. So that was my first job out of graduate school. So I got to work at the Huntington for four years total, costing photography collections. And it was, it was awesome. I learned so much from my colleague, Sue Loveshine, who was my supervisor on the first project. And, um, you know, I learned a lot about just finding aids, how to create a good finding aid, all the, the technical aspects of processing an archival collection, um, all, the, all the sort of nitty-gritty practical stuff. Um, and it's just been so, so useful. Other than just this old stuff is interesting, you know, just the the real value of the materials and also all of the little details you have to pay attention to to really make them as useful as possible. It was, um, it was a really excellent experience. And then after that, I did, I actually worked for um, a private estate as a contractor, and then I worked for the L.A. Public Library, and then I came to LACMA. What, um, which branch of the L.A. Public Library? I worked at the Central Branch um, in the History Division there. Uh, processing photographs. I did a great project. Um, it was a collection of aerial photographs. It was actually negatives, which is always um, fun to try and figure out what's going on in a negative, um, from a company called Kelly Holiday. And this is a company that just, it was a man who flew around in a plane and took aerial photographs of Los Angeles. And that was a really neat collection because it's from the middle of the century post-war LA, and he's taking pictures of all of the crazy development, like the huge boom in development that happened after World War II. So, um, like, building, you know, car plants in, like, uh, oh, in, like, Downey, that area over there, the building of the tracts of housing in Downey and Whittier, all of that sort of South LA County area, um, Bell, Kudahay, that whole area, all of the tract housing that was being built there, he was hired by the companies to take aerial photographs of the development and he would take pictures of um you know like a factory was being built and so he would fly over every couple of months as they built the factory and you could see the um the progress of the factory being built and you could also see the progress of the neighborhood being built around the factory as people moved to get jobs there it was a really neat collection and it's really neat to um i didn't know that area very well so it was really cool to you know, I've only driven through, so I'm like, and I had, but I had friends, like, I picked up there, I'm like, oh, this is, this is the, the history of these neighborhoods, you feel like they're so quotidian, it's like, oh, you know, well, it's just a suburb, you know, it's not very interesting, but then you learn the history, the social history by doing this work, and you realize how important these areas are to the development of Southern California, that was a really neat collection, I only worked on it for two months, but um, I really learned a lot, it was fantastic. I love when public libraries take the local history and make it available visually for the public and to use. I think uh, I know the Long Beach Public Library does, um, has really old photos from all around town, and it's really great to see it online. And they even made a they made a Pinterest to have like old time Long Beach photos up and shared around with the community. Ooh, that's neat! I have to follow that Pinterest board. Um. They, yeah, at L.A. Public Library, because it's hard for them to have people, um, like, they don't have enough staff. It's just, like, you need to have a lot of staff to have people look at rare materials. And since it's hard for them to do that, they make a, 
point to digitize everything. And like anytime they're describing something, like um, every single negative that I um, that I had my hands on. I mean, I think this is like hundreds of negatives. They were going to digitize it and um, put it online with really detailed catalog records so the public could find it because that they needed to be able to give people that access. Because you know, the, the, the community the access, the public the access, um, because they knew they weren't going to be able to give that wide access to the physical materials. And in some ways, that's a lot better because you don't have to go in there, but also because they're negative, when they scan them, they, of course, make them into positives, so it's much easier to see on your computer screen um, than it actually is to see it in person. Sometimes that's the case, where the digitized is, is easier to use than the original. Um, but yeah, they have a great, great, great collection. I love that collection. And sometimes I even use it, um, now that I know it's on there, I use it for research in other um, in other jobs, too. At the Huntington, it's like, what building is this? Like, I need to figure out what this is a picture of. And a lot of times, LA Public Library will have um, another photograph, and I can compare it and, find, and identify what I'm looking at. Yeah, I was there like, like a week or two ago, and there was like a wedding going on at the LA Public Library outside area. It's a really great um, architecture and design. That place is a really nice downtown LA. I suggest everyone check it out if they've never been inside. Yeah, it's beautiful there. Everybody should go. It's, it's a gorgeous place. They have wonderful public programs there. They have literacy programs there. It's a really cool spot. And you went um, to library school at the University of California, Los Angeles. Is that correct? Yeah. That's right. Yep. I graduated in 2007. Oh, congratulations. That was like a two-year program? Yeah, it's a two-year program. I went from 2005 to 2007. And And it was, um, I thought it was really, I thought it was really difficult. I don't know why I thought it was going to be easy. I was listening to um, Audrey Yoon's interview, and she's like, I thought it was going to be a breeze. Yeah, for some reason, me too, and it was not. like, I thought it was a real slog to go through library school. Not so much because, like, oh, this material is so difficult. But it was just like, oh, graduate school. I was older. I'd been out of college for a while. I was like, I'm not into being in school. But the more I work and the more, the farther along I get in my career, the more I realize how valuable that degree was and how valuable the education I got was. It's really important to, um, it's not just, sometimes people are like, oh, what is that, filing? Like, is that a, like, you have to be able to, like, when John Stewart was joking about the Grateful Dead archivist, it's like, oh, you have to be able to file things in alphanumeric order? I'm like, well, yeah, that's a lot of it, of your day-to-day, but um, it goes way beyond that. If all the if all you have is the ability to organize things alphabetically or just, to, like, you know, if you're just, like, good at alphabetizing your albums, it's not going to give you the same sense of mission as, going to library school and reading the literature and understanding why it's important that you organize this. It's, um, it's, it's really, the stuff is almost secondary to the mission of having um, perpetual access to evidence and information. That's, that's the number one thing. Yeah, and collecting it from the community for access to all, it doesn't do much use if it's in some one person's house, but if everyone can see it and research from a primary document, that's great. Any collection um, of anyone living or deceased you want to donate to the archives, it's usually a, a good idea, right? Oh, yeah. Um, like, watching hoarders makes me really stressed out. Or people are like, <laughs> I need this. I need to keep this in my home forever. I'm like, well, wouldn't you just feel a lot more comfortable if somebody else took care of this in a climate-controlled environment and, you know, it was all nice and, and organized. 
Um, also, too, like I never understand when pe- they say um, when people steal from special collections. You know, it's like, oh, I need this document in my home because it's so precious to me. I'm like, man, I would just prefer that it was, you know, my place of employment was taking care of it, spending money to take care of it, and I can just go visit it when I go to work. I just cannot understand why you'd want to have something so precious like that in your own, you know, grubby house. It's never going to be as good as your climate controlled special collections area. Yeah, it's pr- pretty selfish unless you yeah. own your own archive or library and... Then well, it's not that many people that, that do. <laughs> but that's great that you're at LACMA and, and have been for a while. And um, tell us, like, what's a uh, general day as an archivist at a, in a museum in, for the Los Angeles County? I really love their website and the facilities and the building. It's such a gorgeous area in, in general. Actually, the um, light post display is from a UC Irvine alumni artist. Oh, really? I love Urban Light. Yeah, that's a wonderful, wonderful piece. It's really like a gathering point. That's where you drop people off. It's, you know, it's just, it's just a, an easy way to meet is the um, is by the Urban Light sculpture and under the pavilion that they have built there now. Um, I love working there. I even love the hodgepodge architecture. There's a lot of talk about how it's very hodgepodge um, <laughs> that the buildings are kind of like they're, they're the original three buildings designed by William Pereira. Who's a really who's a um, mid-century architect? Actually, William Pereira also did the um, master plan. Oh, he's the architect for UCI. Yeah, the master plan for Irvine also. And um, but that was those were the first three buildings, and was like those were kind of a compromise. And there used to be reflecting pools around them, but then tar bubbled up through them, and it was such a hassle they filled them in. And then they built the Anderson Building, the pink and green building that kind of fronts on Wilshire Boulevard in the late '80s, and that was sort of some mixed reviews. And then um, we got the uh, May Company building, which is on the corner of Wilshire and Fairfax that we call LACMA West, and that's a 1930s Samuel Marks-designed building. Um, and then we built, you know, the Resnick Pavilion, which is Lorenzo Piano, and it's just like, it's kind of mishmashy. Oh, and then also I almost forgot the Bruce Goff um, Pavilion for Japanese Art, which is just a wild, a really wild building. And um, it's kind of mishmashy. Not everybody loves it, but I kind of do. I have a real soft spot for the weird sort of haphazardness of the campus. Um, I understand if others don't, and if at some point that needs, you know, we need to overhaul it. Like, it's just untenable to have such a weird set of buildings. But um, I really have a soft spot for that place and all of its sort of... um, all of its sort of pieces. I really like it. Even the fact that it's, like, next to, like, a paleontological excavation site is very interesting to me. It's just a very kind of weird, interesting spot. It's really it's really funky over there. Um, but it's really a wonderful place to be, especially right now, because of all of the... Um, it, it's kind of like there's a lot of energy right now. People are really... Um, there's a lot of change going on. There's a lot of exciting sort of renewal happening. And um, the, the, like the Central Pavilion now, like the BP Grand Entrance, where it's kind of covered and they have jazz on Friday night. Once a month now, they have hip-hop concerts, um, the restaurant, the bar. I mean, it's really weird to be an archivist and be able to, like, have a bar at your work. That's not normally, that's not a normal working condition, but it's pretty cool. Um, and it's just lovely. Like, on Friday night when I'm leaving, I'm like, oh, I'm leaving work. i got to get out of here. It's time for the weekend. And, um, but I get out there, and it's like, 
people are listening to jazz and there's like dogs running around and all people on the grass drinking wine and they're like serving tacos and I'm like, oh man, if I every almost every week I'm like, I'm gonna plan to hang out and I never I never get a chance Oh, Fridays um, are Fridays are free for the Los Angeles um, driver's license holder or ID holder after f- uh, 5 p.m. and then you guys are open till 9 p.m. No, actually we changed our hours, so now we're only open until five. Because On Friday, really dropping. Yeah, I wish it was so nice and it was open later, but because the attendance like dropped so much after five that oh. they're like, oh yeah, because and it was hard too. Now we open earlier because people were trying to come earlier and they're like, they're not open, like. But I drove, I'm, I'm out from New York. I can't go in your museum until noon. So now our hours are a little bit early. I'm sorry, I don't know the exact hours. But if you go to um, LACMA.org, those are all posted there. Um, but, yeah, it was nice um, that it was open so late. So maybe people will start noticing and coming more and, you know, we'll be able to have those later hours. It was really it was really lively, like, to be able to, like, people were, like, getting drinks and then they'd go in the museum. And that just sounds really fun to me, like, like, you know get a drink and look at some art. Like, it just sounds awesome. And so that would be something nice to do again. You can still do that, though, during the day. Whenever um, Stark Bar is open, you can get a drink and then go look at some art. And also films. I love your theater there. I know the Find Independent, the film um, group, they showed some. Uh, they showed Moonrise Kingdom there. Yeah, they did. We've had a couple of um, premieres there. Also, um, Rum Diaries premiered there. I wish I could remember some more. Um, but, yeah, Moonrise Kingdom showed... Also, um, Tuesdays at 1 o'clock, they have free matinees. Um, and usually there's some kind of theme for that. So, um, like, during Halloween, they have, like, spooky movies, like Frankenstein or, like, thing, you know, like, Creatures from the Black Lagoon, stuff like that, like, real classic stuff. Um, yeah, that theater is really fun. I'm really glad that um, that um, the film program continues because it, it would be a real shame. Now, um... Our head of the film department is Elvis Mitchell, which is really cool. He does the um, he does movie reviews for NPR, so he's really doing some really interesting programming over there. which is really cool. What's your so? Where's your um, archive located, and and who has access to come visit you in the archives? Is the archivist at LACMA? Okay, um, the archive is part of the Bolt Art Research Library, and that's on campus. It's actually directly underneath the. Um, the theater. Like if you're looking at the Calder, like if you're out by the Calder fountains with the mobiles, there's like some windows down there. That's the library. So that's where I'm located. And um, it's open to the public. Um, we do restrict it because, you know, there's some sensitive material and it's rare. Everything that I have is one of a kind. So there's, gonna, there's a little bit of restriction, but if anybody wants, is, has a research interest in the Los Angeles County Museum of Art and also um, perhaps with artists that may have exhibited there, they can email library at LACMA.org and just let them in uh, with the inquiry and we can get right back to them. We're open to the public. And a lot of people don't realize that, but the art library, we're a public, you know, we're, we're, it's a private institution that gets public support. So we do have a mission to support um, learning about the art, you know, in a very well-rounded way. So the library is open to the public by appointment. And by emailing library at LACMA.org, you can get access not only to the archives, but also all of the book collections that we have there. Oh, I'm going to come check out the library at LACMA. I love Yeah, you should. Audiovisual and photos. Is the library at LACMA digitized in the archives at all? 
No, not yet, but we're really excited because we're going to get um, WorldShare from OCLC. We're going to switch over to that system, and with that comes ContentDM, which is a really nice front end for um, displaying digital collections. So we have a lot of artists with Emra, and I think that's probably what's going to go on to ContentDM that people can see um, from home online, which is going to be really great. So we're moving towards that right now, which is really excellent. There's also a lot of digital content for the art collections, too, on LASMA.org. Um, there's also a project that they did to take photo- photography, high-quality photography of Lassmith collections that are in the public domain. So, for example, like um, ancient art or um, South and Southeast Asian art, you know, like ancient South and Southeast ancient art, Asian art. <laughs> um, and there's actually photography available online of that beautiful, beautiful photography that you can not just look at, but you can use if you're, you know, a student writing a paper and you'd like an illustration or you want some lovely wallpaper for your computer, it's, it's available there as well. We really want to um, really open things up. And we do realize also that, you know, if you're a large museum with a lot of collections, not everything can be on display all the time. And it's just a shame when you, you know, like, when there's no access to the art at all. It's like you need to be able to, to see it or at least reference it. Even if you can't go see it in person, there needs to be some kind of... Um, some kind of access, some kind of mark. Like, this exists, and you can still learn about it, even if it's not in the gallery right now. Yeah, I've seen the online images of the art, and it's really great, really great high-resolution images you can download and save. And I, I feel like sometimes it's kind of hidden or not known, and people should really check out LACMA's website and find those pieces. Yeah, there's a lot of access. I think that the public doesn't get the opportunity, doesn't um, use the primary resources that are, in general, that are at their disposal. Um, I went to a lecture by somebody talking about a historic event. I asked him, hey, so what primary resources did you use? How did you research this this event? And he's like, well, I went online, I read a book, and then he said he had put in a bunch, bunch of Freedom of Information Act requests on the event, and he was still waiting to hear back. And I'm like, dude, I'm like, you could probably have found all kinds of wonderful accounts of this event in um, archives in the area, you know, like at a university, you know, in a historical society. Um, these things are accessible to everybody. Um, it's not just, like, guys with, you know, leather elbow patches and tweedy jackets. Like, you know, especially, like, the University of California, if you're a citizen in California, if you live in California, you know, your taxes pay for these schools and you have a right to go and do research with their collections. And I don't think people realize that you can do that. Um, it's really a shame. Everybody should take advantage. It's your history. You should really go and check it out. Yeah, definitely. And I, I had a question, too. I wonder, do exhibits in LACMA, do they draw from materials like maybe manuscripts in the archives? No, not yet. Because the um, collection, the archives program is so new, there hasn't been an opportunity to use anything from the collections on exhibit. But we're having a, um architecture exhibition in 2012 that's going to focus on the campus itself. And that's going to use some materials from the archive. So we use the materials from the archive to do research on that. But also, um, we have a large number of, uh, well, I don't know if it's a large number. It's like a dozen architectural models. For example, we have the architectural model of the Bruce Goff Japanese Art Pavilion um, that was made by the project architect, uh, Bart Prince. We also have um, submissions to an architectural competition that happened in the early 2000s 
that um, not very many people got to see because it was right around 9-11. So um, it kind of, the scheduling got all messed up. So not a lot of people got to see those architectural models. Um, so we do have some, some stuff in the archive that's related to the history of LACMA that's going to be going on exhibit um, next spring. That's exciting. What's, yeah, it's really exciting. What's like one thing in the collection that you're really proud of in the archives that's really like special, really really unique or rare that you really want to promote? What what do you like in, in your archives right now? Oh, okay. So my favorite thing right now is the Eleanor Anton 100 Boots collection. So we have her... Eleanor Anton was a um, photographer and kind of a um, conceptual artist. Um, I hope nobody who's more first in her work is, is freaking out right now if I don't get that quite right. But um, she did this project called 100 Boots where she photographed 50 pairs of rubber boots as they kind of trucked across the United States. And then she sent postcards out to people of these images. And um, she had a scrapbook that she kept for all the things people sent back to her, um, which is really cool. And they've got, um, for example, she's got a lot of postcards in there from a lot of male artists. And, um, like, collages, it's her own boot, that she, you know, her own boot postcards. Like, they would cut them up and make new kind of pieces of artwork and send them back to her. That's a really, really neat collection. Um, it's, it's just, like, um, the sort of collaborative aspect is so, so fun and learning... You know what? People Google mail art because it's fascinating and weird. It is really, really cool. And even she even kept letters from people saying, this is a huge waste of time taking off your mailing list. All of those are in there. Um, it's really it's really a fun collection. It's really, really great. That's exciting that everyone has access to the archives and they can view um, these pieces that you mentioned. And everyone should check out LACMA.org and check out the archivists that we've had on today Jessica Gambling I thank you so much for calling in for our half hour public affairs program on KCI 88.9 FM in Irvine from the campus of the University of California Irvine here early morning Thursday thanks so much for your time is there anything else you'd like to share um, with the listeners before we we go oh gosh um no yeah. <laughs> I wish I'd written something down for a exclamation point on the end but Go archives. Yeah, go to, to lachna.org. Go archives. Yay. Yay. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Jessica, for sharing about the Los Angeles County Museum of Ar Archives. As you are the archivist, congratulations. I love your job, and you get to be at a really great museum and institution. So I hope you have a good day today. Oh, thanks. I'm off to work right now. Oh, good. Have a good one at LACMA. Oh, I will. You too. Okay, thank you. Okay, bye. Bye. And that there was Jessica Gambling, archivist at Los Angeles County Museum of Art. Everyone, I highly recommend you go down to the library there and at all your museums. Most museums have a library and an archive, and it's usually open to the public. So once you're look, done looking at the exhibits, check out the archives for all the past information and the history of forever thanks for listening to our digital future stay tuned for next week we have another great guest it's a very special archivist in the audiovisual section of ucla so check that out next week thursdays at 8 30 a.m i am ziba z and thanks for listening